want to welcome you to a new show of Moody's Mixer. We have some great guests on this episode here. They are actually cancer survivors. They are a married couple who's been a big part of my life for a couple of decades. And their story and our journey together has been an interesting journey. It also has given me the strength to fight this disease, you know, with confidence and authority and an understanding that I know I can beat this. And so many times we, we wait to get this diagnosis, but we shouldn't wait. So it's with great pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Thomas Wilkins and Miss Charmaine Axon Wilkins. But I remember because you guys were going through it together. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, Charmaine was diagnosed with cancer first. We've been in our home. We've been in our house what twenty years now. So um, it was what nineteen. I was diagnosed in two thousand two. Two thousand two. That's been correct. Eighteen. So, so Charmaine, if you don't mind. Um, can you kind of take us through your process of? I think I would be an atypical person and my diagnosis would not be the norm. Shock, of course, um, but it was a routine mammogram and they determined that I needed further, you know, analysis. My doctor, and I'll call names, Camille Davis Williams, um, referred me when she got the results from my mammogram immediately to Dr. Phillips, who they moved me through the process very, very quickly. Though it was small, a one point, almost two centimeters or one point maybe eight centimeters, I was still not two centimeters because then you're in a different, you are um, at a different stage. Okay. So less than two, you're a stage one. Two and over, then you're a stage two. But they moved me very quickly, and the first process was to do a lumpectomy which is just the removal of tissue, that little area, and test the margins. And I was diagnosed with the margins actually from the pathology report determined there was more. So there's an option. You can chip away again or remove all the tissue, which is what I chose to do, the mastectomy, with the full reconstruction. And I don't have any regrets. What I wish that I had done was both breasts at the same time because then I had other calcifications in the the other breast, the non-cancerous breast, that the the needle biopsy in the breast was more painful than the surgery from the mastectomy. So there's no no pain. People say, I don't want the pain. I don't want to do the reconstruction. There's pain. I don't want to do the any cutting. There's no pain. It's discomfort, but no pain. So I was, uh, they said, go home and talk to your husband about what you want to do. I was like, I don't need to talk to him. I already know what I want to do. Let's just do this. Sad. Um, I wanted to have children. Um, it did interfere with that. Um, I'm not a doctor. I was look, doing some hormone therapy to conceive. How about that? And then I got breast cancer. No history in my family. I do have a history of cancer, but no breast cancer. So my, my journey actually, um, I wasn't sad. I was almost just, uh, I want to say courageous, but moving forward with, I'm going to be okay. We're going to fight this. I didn't want to be in a club. I didn't want to be a, oh, hi, I'm Shermaine. I'm a breast cancer survivor. 
But what I've come to learn is sharing your story with other people really helps them to grow. And if you can share a story and then have one person then do something about it, it makes all the difference. And it kind of validates why you, when we say, why did this happen to me? And it's common. Some people don't say that, but again, most do wonder, what have I done? Um, I'm healthy. I run. I do this. I take care of myself. Why has this happened to me? And then you have to take what you've gotten at that time and make it something positive. So I'm a facilitator for a group called Sisters by Choice, and it is um, a breast cancer support group. So sometimes I get tired and weary, but I do it because if we can help one person, then we have um, fulfilled the purpose and why me so that I can share it with someone else. So getting all my tests and getting the diagnosis, you know, because that is that part right there is enough to keep people away from getting tested to find out what's happening. We feel or, you know, that, hey, if I don't know, I'm okay. When we know as cancer survivors that it's really the opposite. The sooner and the more you know, the more you can deal with it and have options. So the fear is something we should not have. And... You know, one of the things that I believe in is that the marketing machine of cancer has just stigmatized us or got us so afraid when we hear cancer, we just automatically freak out. And I talk about, you know, 17 years ago when my blood pressure was high and my cholesterol was high, when I told people that, it was no big, you know, it was like no big deal, you know, no response. When I start telling people I have prostate cancer, oh, no, I'm sorry, you know, and I'm praying for you. Well, I would probably die from my high blood pressure and cholesterol from doing nothing than doing nothing with cancer. What I realize I can beat this. I have the power to overcome this just like high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, actually even a better chance, even an easier fight. So I challenge you to find out. Thomas, I remember when you guys got diagnosed with cancer and, and Thomas, I told you this, you know, when you got diagnosed and I remember you were in the hospital and I didn't come see you till you got home. And I think I told you, I said, Thomas, I didn't want to come see you because I didn't know what to expect. You know, kind of the same thing what we were just talking about. When we hear cancer, we freaked out. And I was one of those that freaked out. And you were sitting in the chair. I never forget this. You were sitting in the chair in your, in your family room. You had your IV pole. You were just sitting in the chair. And I was like, Oh, my God. And I don't think I stayed that long, but I, I at least told you, Thomas, I, I didn't want you to think I didn't care. I didn't love you, man, but I couldn't take it. I couldn't handle it. So when people say that to me, I, I get it. I don't get upset. I understand it because I went through it also. But what I understand now that we got the power to do some things with it.
And, you know, Charmaine, I run in your, the mayor's race that I think you put on for, for um, cancer awareness, breast cancer awareness, you know, out at the airport. And that was a fun run, being able to run on the tarmac, running free down the runway, 26 left, feeling like you're an airplane, freedom, no fear, just open space to run to do what you love. Charmaine. Let's talk about you some more. Um, 20, I'm sorry, not 20 years, 18 years, um, survivor this year, 2020, and um, don't have any, uh, I'm not upset that I don't have biological, biological children of my own, so I feel as though that was something that kind of stopped the path of me having my own children. I'm happy with the daughters that I have and my nieces and nephews. So I don't look at any of it as a negative, only as this is where I am. And then what can I do with it? How can I share with it? So 2006, I have recovered. Thomas is away. I'll let him tell his story. But he, too, is a cancer survivor. And who knows why I had cancer before he or vice what. But here we are that I feel like I'm prepared to be strong enough to help him through it as opposed to um, being um, nervous, fearful, and um, concerned that we won't make it through. I knew that I did and that he would too, no matter what. And my new, it's not new, it's just something that I live by is you can't have fear and faith. So that's that's what I tell Everyone, when they are concerned about something and they use the word fear, we can't have fear and faith. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's powerful. Yeah. And Thomas, I'm going to let you tell your story. I, I, I just want to add on. I, I remember when Kim and I were driving over to the doctor because now my, I'm getting my result from my biopsy. Okay. I, I really tell what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I remember as soon as we left the, the subdivision, I said, I got it. And she said, why you say that? I said, because I just know this is part of my journey. I knew then this was part of my journey. And so, of course, we get there. And he says, you know, good news, bad news. That's kind of what they always do. And it was only on, on the left side of my prostate, not the right side. It was stage one, according, you know, just like okay. you were saying. And. Uh, you know, you get your Gleason score and these, you know, scores to kind of tell you how aggressive it is. And I just remember smiling, looking at Kim and, and kind of winking and said, we got this. And at this point, at that point, I said, do you have real faith? Because see, we can say faith. We can pray for a car. We can pray for a house. We can pray for these material things and if we don't get it it's no real consequence well we know God just wants something else but this decision I have to make to go natural and I have to say now this is real faith because I'm going against everything else that most people are saying to do I'm taking this on and I said to my, I remember saying to myself, this is faith, man. This is your life. And after 59 years and all the drama and stuff I've been through in my life, 
I actually felt the best with that diagnosis. I'm taking this diagnosis head on, like I've done everything else in my life. You can draw on your life too. We all have things in our life that we can draw from. This relationship with Thomas and Charmaine, something I'm drawing from, from day one. Well, mine is real simple. I was uh, working, uh, I came home for a weekend visit. I noticed there was a slight lump under my right chin. Well, maybe I might have an asset, asset, asset in my mouth. And then I said, let me call my sister-in-law, the dentist. She said, no, I don't think you got any problems in there. And he prescribed some antibiotics. I took the antibiotics, the little lump shrunk a little bit. I realized that the lump hadn't gone down and like I thought it was. And so uh, I went to a clinic, a local clinic, and the doctor on staff said, I would like for you to go and meet my uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor. So I went and saw this specialist while I was in New Orleans. And, and so when she got there, that Friday before she arrived, I received my results. So after we celebrate our, our birthdays that weekend, I made a decision. I let the people in New Orleans know that I had needed to go home with some family issues. And we packed up my things and we traveled back to uh, Atlanta. Well, in the process, we, we, we drove, so we were able to talk about a lot of different things, about her cancer. And I just wanted to say something because I didn't really say it before Corey passed it off to me. I really admire my wife for what she went through and how she handled the whole situation. And I just want everybody to know, uh, dealing with a, a woman with breast cancer is, is a very trying on any family, on any relationship. It is a very, you need to be, uh, one, concerned. Two, you need to be very attentive. And three, just if whatever they, they can call, you need to be there for them. And... Thank you. I just realized that uh, I'm not here today if it wasn't for my wife. I tell I used to tell Corey that all the time when I was going through the cancer. If it was it was it was two things that got me through the whole process was my faith in God and my wife. And to the day, uh, I have other issues that I'll continue to talk about as we go along. And he, he said to me, he said, I want you to go and see a specialist. So once I went to see the specialist, the specialist did some tests, and he came back, and they said, yes, you do have, it's called squamous cell carcinoma that they diagnosed me with. Well, in my situation, it was in my throat. Well, uh, if you can tell by my voice, it's a little raspy, but depends on what time of day it is, you might be able to catch me with my very white voice. Can you turn lemons to lemonade? But um, we uh, went through the process of all the testing and everything and show you how quickly this thing moved quickly for me to get treated, get treated and move through the process. Uh, I was probably in front of my doctor, uh, two specialists within a week. 
by the third week of March or latter part of March, they had me scheduled for radiation, uh, a series of chemo, and we started the process the latter part of March, and my treatment consisted of um, 26 weeks of radiation, and and then three doses of cisplatin. So let, let me explain a little bit about the, the drugs that I went 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 through my body, because it's going to lead to some other things that that causes problems later on in your life. Well, the cisplatin is normally given to head cancer, head neck cancer patients. In my situation, I qualify for that. The, the, the second was the radiation. So I had two options. Either I go through the radiation and the chemo, or I can have uh, actual surgery where they would cut out half of my tongue. And that part, we didn't know if we really wanted to deal with that. When I talked to my wife, it was going to be some reconstructive surgery, how they had to do deal with my neck and all of that. Well, we made a long story, long story short, after several consulting, and we met with Dr. Phillips. And I realized my support system gets me through this. I have my wife. I have my doctors. I have people like Thomas and Shermaine who I draw from. My previous guests, I'm drawing from all of them. My relationships, my friendships that I've had over my lifetime are so important to me to get through this. And I appreciate everyone that's been in my life. Surprised when I went to the meeting, but it was a research uh, scientist with Emory. We had a cardiologist, we had a, a anesthesiologist, and all these people sat down and they actually told me that one, the diagnosis that you have, it can be treated. Two, you should go through this process opposed to the, the, the surgery. And we, and we all decided that we were gonna do the, the latter, go through the uh, actual chemo and the radiation. Well, <clears throat> I started the process, as, as I stated. Once I started the process, probably uh, also before we started the process, I had to have some minor surgery for them to insert a G-tube into my stomach because this type of radiation and chemo will cause you to either lose your taste buds. Some people will lose them, some people don't. Other is means of feeding you because you will have some soreness in your throat from the radiation. And so I, I in spirit, noticed within two, three weeks, wasn't it, Shermaine? Okay. Where I actually could not even talk. I couldn't even, I actually, I couldn't even say, honey. It was like a honey. And especially if she was in the other room, she couldn't hear me. So uh, I think after she had to deal with that for a week and she couldn't hear me, and she went out and got a little bell, so I would ring the bell so she would hear me. <laughs> know that I need some assistance. And, 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 and at first I thought, at first I, at first when she got the little bell, I say, I can't do this and bring this boy up bell. And you make you might think I'm calling a servant or something. <laughs> 
So you can understand there's some humor always in our house. So, and again, like Corey said, we used to come over our house. It's, it's nonstop between me and her. So, um, well, she got me the bell, so I rang the bell. But I lost my voice after the third week. Because you got to understand, the radiation was Monday through Fridays. And then every third week, I did the cisplatin. So uh, during the radiation, eventually I lost my my uh, taste buds. In doing so, I had to feed myself daily to make sure I get my nutrition through water. And I, I, my meal was every day was insured. So we had a we have a big measuring cup. What is about 32 ounces, and I will put two 16 ounce bottles of water and a bottle of Insure in there, a can of Insure mix it together and take this large syringe and shoot it through that tube in my stomach. That was the way I ate. That's how I ate. That's how I fed myself. And I did that for actually 52 weeks. No matter what you choose, what method of treatment you do, it's work. You have to put the time into it. You have to be committed. You have to mentally be ready. You have to have the support system behind you. Fighting any chronic disease is no easy task. So be prepared. I'm preparing myself as I go through this. I'm still getting in these starting blocks. There's some false starts, but I'm still ready to compete. The issue that when I was going through my treatment was the cisplatin. Now, this is the part where it's very interesting and critical. Chemo, there's one part of it was radiation. The second part was the chemo. The chemo was the part that everybody has to be careful about when they talk about the big C and the treatments that you receive. All of it depends on actual treatment. One, some people can get by with just radiation alone, and I think you should always get a second diagnosis when you're doing that even though your oncologist recommend it, then there's some say do some form of radiation and some form of chemo. Well, in my case, I did both of those, and then they introduced me to a third drug, which is called Herbitux. And I'll go a little bit in detail on that. Well, during this whole process, not only was I going through the radiation and I doing the cisplatin every two weeks, then I got introduced to uh, uh, Herbitux. Well, going every time I would do the cisplatin, I got sick. So the first time I couldn't keep anything on my stomach. The second time, I I got so sick that I had to be taken to the hospital. I came out after about three or four days, and I was I was I was so sick that I couldn't keep nothing on my stomach. And whatever was coming up was actually part of the line of my stomach. And it was bad. It was really bad. And I cried. I'm, I'm, I don't normally cry. I mean, I grew up playing football and boxing and wrestling and fighting and all kind of stuff. But, hey, here I am, a grown man. And sometimes we have emotional times in our life. But I cried like a baby. I mean, I, I had to ask my wife, just let me lay my head on your shoulder. 
I mean, I actually, I really cried. It hurt really bad what I was going through. And I know if she wasn't there, I don't know what would happen to me. Because a lot of people will desert you, even your family in certain situations, because they can't deal with it. And all I can say is my wife is my rock. She is my everyday rock. For you guys out there, have a wife. We have our good days and bad days with our wife, but at the end of the day, they make sure you get up in the morning and go and make that dollar or be able to take care of your family. So I just <laughs> want to throw that little caveat in there. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in the studio, and I'm looking at these two faces, and both of them laughing at me, and they know who I am in real life, which I'm the same on, this, on the show. But uh, moving forward. As you're sitting in the corner, as you've been knocked down, say by the bell, people in your corner, they cutting on you, they talking to you, barking at you, giving you orders. Will you go out and fight for the next round? Do you want your corner to throw in the white towel? Let's fight for it. Let's go for it. This is flattened. The third time I got it, it actually made me sick. So... What I want to also share with you, I was also on certain medications at the time when I entered into this treatment. I was had blood pressure. Here I am, a, um, at the time I was probably 46 or so. Do you know what's going in you? Do you know the effects of the medicines that's going into your body? How does your body respond to it? Only you know that, not a protocol checklist. Get the people who will give you and tell you the truth. No matter what color you are, if your doctor tells you you have uh, diabetes, get a second opinion. Everybody's not a diabetic. The time they check your blood, some of these physicians, your sugar might have spiked when you went in there. You might have had too much coffee with too much cream, too much sugar. You might have ate donuts five days in a row. You go see your doctor, and your sugar automatically goes spike. I don't care who you are. Well, my doctor diagnosed me with diabetes. So he put me on a, a typically it's a starter medicine called glucophage, just a little white pill. You take it. I didn't have to do insulin. I had none of that. Well, I was doing that, and I had been doing it for probably about a year. Well, when I gave all my medicines to Emory to look at, they took it to a doctor or pharmacy because everything was approved before I started my treatment. Keep me in mind, I'm keeping in mind, they, they approved all my medicines, and it was fine for me to go through my treatment. Well, once they looked at it again, they sent it to a doctor or pharmacy. It's different than a pharmacist and a doctor pharmacy. Well, actually, doctor of pharmacy, along with my oncologist, met, and the, the doctor doctor of pharmacy said, why do you have him on glucophage? Well, guess what? All his readings don't permit him to be on glucophage. Why are he going through this treatment? So once they took me off of that, and me doing the, uh, 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 the cisplatin, my, 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 treat, uh, my system's, System changed. My whole demeanor, my system, everything changed. And probably, what was it, a 
a month, was it about six weeks we were in the program, they came to me and asked me would I be interested in doing, it's called Herbatux. Well, at that time I had gotten beaten up with the radiation, six weeks of radiation, I had nine, 12 weeks spanned out of the splatting. And then here they want to introduce me 60 days into it or whatever, the Herbatux. And I was just, I was already beat up. I was just beat up. And not only I was beat up from that, on top of that, once a week when they gave me, every three weeks when they gave me the splatting, it became three weeks, then it became four weeks, then it came five weeks, because the last two doses, I got really sick. Well, keep in mind, the only way I was able to be administered that, the days on my radiation days, I would stay over to get that. And typically when I got the, the splatting, my potassium was always low. So I had to, they, not only did I get my drip for my chemo, I also had to sit for two extra hours just to do a potassium drip and some other fluids. So it all totaled maybe three hours altogether. It was a very long day and grueling. Well, here I am, 60 days into the program, they want to introduce me to Herbatux. And it was just a conversation. And I probably didn't start till about the third month. And she also attended the meeting with my few neighbors, and we actually talked about it. And they all, when they came to the table, Charmaine gave them the subject, and they discussed it. And they came back and they said, we think it would be a good idea for you to try to study. So I entered into a study. Well, <clears throat> I did that, and actually, as I stated earlier, I did this whole process. It, I did it for 52 weeks. And... Once I got introduced to the study drug, that's what extended it the fifty the whole fifty two weeks. We talking about I can say three hundred I can say three hundred and sixty five days or I can say a whole year. I always break it down in weeks because it actually was weeks. Every week it was a day that was dedicated to my life. And had basically say I could sit here today and look back on it. It was long and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care what people say. I don't care how macho you are, how manly man you are. I gave up. I really gave up. Not once, but twice. And my wife would not let me go. I said, I can't take it no more. Just let me lay here in the bed. I honestly cried. I said, I can't do it no more. I mean, I, I, I went through hell. You know, I, 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 and I don't even know what hell's like, but I just got to a point where I just didn't want to even. Um, what's the doctor out of Michigan, Dr. Kaboki? I, right. I, <laughs> I wanted to call him in and tell him to take me, man. And I was like. So let me ask you a question. You, you talked about a study drug. Was that a drug that was FDA approved yet? Or yes, yes, it was. It was. It okay. was. And so actually the. Actually, it was, and then they wanted to see how it would react with the actual head and neck cancer, baby, because they were already giving it to colon rectal cancer. Correct, cancer. and it, it, it's ironic you're saying that because 
you know, as I've been doing my research, you know, with my cancer, you know, and depending on the type of cancer, do they have different drugs that have been approved for various treatments and, and um, to try to, to try to help. Well, and, let, me, let me say this. I, I find out what you're saying, that the ones that they try out, the FDA, some of the drugs that are already FDA approved, they have, are doing it with certain parts of the body. That's correct. That's and correct. Then, and then they might say, let's try it on this other part of the body, see what results we get. Correct, correct. And, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, that is common in, you know, all cancer is our immune system, you know, and our cell structure in our bodies. Right. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm learning as I go through this with my doctors also is that, you know, understanding the science you know, understanding the science helps us really make certain decisions. And, you know, I heard you say about, you know, what the doctors are telling you and, you know, trying different things. And, you know, I remember that, you know, when I got my diagnosis, you know, my, doc my doctor gave me, you know, really three options. And those three options what are three options, of course, that he does. And I remember, you know, I was telling, you know, Kim, I said, you know, look, just stay hustle, you know. And one of the things I always say is, you know, to your point, get a second opinion, not for the diagnosis, but for the treatment. If I got cancer, I'm okay. Okay, okay I got it. And, you know, you can check again just to verify, like you said, with the with the uh, blood sugar and diabetes, you know, just get a check just to make sure. But second and third opinions now to me mean something different. What are my other options of treatment? You know, do you want, you know, Burger King, McDonald's or Wendy's? All of my hamburgers, but they are a little different. And you can go to different doctors and get a different treatment plan. And I remember just kind of reading certain things about cancer. And what I learned is that, you know what? You know, what is in our bodies that we can do to try to help or get off that, that cycle? You know, you said how tired you were. And, and you know, I remember you going through, through all this and, you know, you were kind of MIA for a couple of years, you know, and and like I said, when I first went over there, it was just kind of, it was sobering. And like I said, I couldn't stay long. I think I may say, Thomas, I got to get out of here, man, because I just you, couldn't see you. you. You told me your exact words were, you told me, you said, one, I couldn't come to the hospital to see you because I, I didn't want to see you in that condition whatever you're in, well, one. And then two, you say, I, when you did come to my house, when I finally got home after a couple of bouts with that cisplatin, when you came over, you said to me, you said, hey, man, I just came to see see you. And I asked you, when you said, hey, man, I just wanted to come by and see you. And you said for about five minutes, you didn't stay long. Uh -uh. And then you said, hey, man, I got to go. And then I said, Corey, you can sit, I'm all right. You said, man, I just need to go. And I think you and Shermaine walked outside and you, whatever you said to her, and he came back, he said, 
And then Shemaine came back and said to me, she said, he couldn't deal with this. He just, he couldn't deal with this right. at the time. Having a chronic disease, it's more than an ocean. It's serious business. It's serious for the patient. It's serious for our loved ones. It's tough. It's a mental battle more than a physical battle. Because any way we choose, we have to be mentally strong and prepared to make this happen, to get the results that we want. It was more because you were the first person that I actually had contact with dealing with cancer in life. Right, right. You know, I've, I've had a couple of people I've heard of had some friends of mine who lost the mother to cancer, but you were the first real friend or relationship that I had that it was kind of in my face. So what do you do when it's in your face? How do you respond? I responded like I didn't think I would. I couldn't handle it. And then when I got my own diagnosis, how did I handle it? Well, because of the experience I had with Thomas and Shermaine, my choice, my decision became very easy for me. I've seen my friend go through it. I didn't want to go through that. So I sought alternative solutions. And I'm able to find those. And I'm working with those right now. So through, through this journey and seeing my friend go through this, it's made my journey the way it's going now. And that's one of the things that... I'm finding out and I'm talking with my doctors that protocol for a physician is a general checklist that they have. And we all don't fit in that checklist. Matter of fact, most of us don't fit in that checklist, but it allows them to prescribe certain treatments and drugs and it keeps us alive. But what's the quality that we have? And my drive is about my quality of life than it is the length of my life. And I told folks, I told Kim, I said, you know what? The doctor told me I got 10 years if I did nothing. If they told me if I did something, I have another 20 or 30 years. I chose not to because I know that 30, 20 or 30 years would be miserable. That's just how I looked at it. And I remember her telling me about her mother who, who died of um, pancreatic cancer. And she had an option of going through some treatments and chemo and all that stuff. And said, well, how much longer would this give me? So you say, I can have another six months or a year, but I'm hugging the toilet the rest of it. Or I can get three or four more months and just kind of live my life. She said, just just give me the three months and I'd be happy. And when she told me that, and this was before I had any diagnosis or anything going on with me at all, it just kind of made me think about how do I want to live my life? It's a personal decision. Have the information that you make the best for your life. And I remember when I lost my parents last year and, you know, my dad passed first, which... We thought mom would go first because, you know, dad was on Medicaid, so his stuff was kind of under control. But what I realized that, and what we realized that, mom took care of him. That's right. And so when she went down, 
he went down because you got to monitor those medicines and all that stuff. And she was his caretaker. And so he passed first and then 60 days later, she passed. And I remember sitting in the, you know, in, in the hospital with her and she was like, you know, I've had a great life and I don't want it like this in a wheelchair and oxygen and all that is just not me. And I just smiled at her and I said, Mama, I understand. Because what we choose to do with our life, that's our decision. And it's no right or wrong. And what I want to make sure people understand and myself to keep reminding myself, it's just your life is your choice. We got to get control over what we need to do. And, you know, getting the second and third opinion it's okay. And, you know, one thing that, you know, seeing my parents going to the hospital all the time and I'm, I'm blessed to have, you know, a wife who's in the healthcare field who understands that healthcare system, how to deal with it. And I had highly educated parents, PhD, double masters and the whole nine yards, but trying to navigate through this medical system, this healthcare system is trying and they only tell you so much to maximize their dollars and to minimize your benefits. Because it's a benefit for the doctor. It's always a benefit for the doctor. For the system itself. And, yep. and it's an overall system. Yep. And, and one thing you did touch on, when I, and I mentioned early on in my conversation, get a second opinion. Not only, and in, in in what you really need to do is do your research on your regular practitioner because each one of them specialize in a certain area they might be general medicine but you need to find out what they specialize in and when i start really dive diving into the background and trying to really understand what a doctor actually does not why he makes these diagnoses not only why he makes these diagnoses but what does he his specialty is and his specialty was Diabetes, right? So, oh, if you came in and your sugar was spiked, he gonna he gonna put you on some diabetic medicine. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 you know, and you know, my my main doctor, who I call my Bill Belichick, he's a DO, which is still an MD. They just go, it's more holistic. You know, he doesn't prescribe anything on a prescription pad. Everything that I take and on, you can get through Amazon for the most part, you know, because it's now it's about built the vitamins, the nutrition. You talked about nutrition. You know, I drink, you know, 80 to 100 ounces of juice a day. And, you know, making sure that I get the nutrition. You know, I am I do coffee enemas and I, you know, I did it this morning, you know. <laughs> it was so funny. I was, my lion brothers called me while I was, uh, Laying in because I do retention. So I try to hold it, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, you know, so I wanted to cycle through my liver. You know, that's how, you know, you get, you know, it, it to detox your liver, your bowel ducts and all that clean, cleared out to get rid of all the, the bad toxins out of your body. And so he called me about 10 minutes in it. And I just, I, I, I told him, we started laughing. I said, man, we'll let you go. I said, no, man, actually us talking and finishing up this conversation is making this time go without me thinking about what's happening. You know, but 
I sit there and I like, this is my treatment, you know, and I'm feeling better than I've ever felt in my life. I'm clear. I can think, you know, and nothing, you know, my moods are different because I'm getting all the toxins out of my body. I remember, you know, hearing and reading about people talking about toxins and, you know, do a cleanse and all that stuff that it helps with this. And you're like, that just don't sound right. What I can say, I'm experiencing it. And, you know, you know, Thomas, this, this is the first time I'm really hearing your story in this detail. And I would say my emotions as you were speaking were a roller coaster because I'm hearing things I never heard before. You know, you just hear someone has cancer. And I, I have a doctor who who will be on the show um, um, soon. And he talks about he had prostate cancer, you know, and, you know, he's doing well now. But he mentioned his treatments, you know, counter to what you were saying that he don't know if he would do the same things again. You know, because once you go through certain things and we start learning, it's like, you know what? I could have. And, you know, Charmaine, you kind of hit on it a little earlier. And just not to say whether we have faith or not. I'm not getting into that. But it's really where is it? You know, because, you know, we can we can believe in God and be saved and all that. You know, and it sounds good when we go to church and walk in the street. But when certain decisions have to be made, where does it really fall? You know, where do we really fall? And what I know that I'm drawing from you guys more than you guys can imagine because you guys went through this together as a, as a couple. And I would say, you know, I, I have Kim who just really helps me more than I can imagine. And she understands it and she's pushing me to do whatever I decide to do. And, you know, Thomas, one of the things you mentioned that, you know, making your decision and there are things, no matter what decision you make, and I can tell you doing natural it's not easy either because you have to be committed and dedicated and it's not always available to everyone. So this is not telling you which one is better, but to take, but more than anything, take control of it, get information from your doctors, your physicians, but do some of your own studying. You know, we have brilliant people, you know, that had cancer and all of a sudden we don't know anything. And we get fooled or scared into by because they got these initials behind their name. But what we got to understand, what I understand, but, you know, as a CPA, I, I work with physicians as clients and it's their hustle. I got a hustle. You come to my office. This is what I offer. I want to see if it works. If it doesn't, you know, hey, I can't do this and, and move on. But what I always try to do is explain. Make sure your physician explains it to you. Make them break it down so it makes sense. Don't let them keep it up at a level using words and terms that just doesn't register. They can break it down. Get the information. Where I hope there's no different. You know, you can have same doctors who may recommend chemo radiation, but it still could be a different treatment 
overall. And that's why us taking control of our health is so important. This is what this is about more than anything is to take control of our health and really understand it and not just let the doctor's leaders down a particular road. And we need doctors. I have doctors on my team. But we, you know, we consult, we, we question, you know, when, you know, you said, you know, Charmaine got the neighborhood together and kind of talked about it. You want to collaborate and don't be afraid to get understanding. And, and that's why early detection is very important because you got a little longer time to exhale and really try to understand what's worth, what's best for you. I want to just, um, speak on the point that you made about what works for someone may not work for someone else, but the conviction has to be individual. Yes. And that's where the, the faith comes in. It is that I've made a decision and I'm going to see this path through. And during my treatment or before I started, my sister said, have you thought about some alternative thing? Right. That is what she lives by. That is her faith base. That is her path. Yours the same you said you must be committed you have to know yourself to know am i gonna be committed so while we have put faith we do in a doctor that's gonna set a regimen tell us to do this you come here every week every other week we're gonna give you this and this is the path we've charted for your condition yes. so you have to understand yourself whether it's right or wrong and accept the results of it yes so the outcome thomas didn't finish but the most critical part about it is the drugs we take have a result yeah. and, and that, that part uh, is what he lives today with kidney failure from one of the drugs and not the drug but the um implications of it what it caused him to have was um the dehydration of the kidneys right so you have to think through it or breast cancer survivors um that uh the chemotherapy that we take right. it can cause um heart problems it, there are a variety of things that i never experienced but i've lost people that seemed healthy but they were having a heart condition or um other uh, aspects of their health had been compromised so we do it um uh, we do give put a lot of faith into a system it's a system. I've just recently told Thomas Wilkins, Rick James here for everybody that knows him. <laughs> I miss Rick James. I've recently Tina Marie. Just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really just, just really talking about the choices and then how do you live with the choices that you make is important to the process. And we rely on the medical system so use the medical system to your advantage. Get the information to make the best decision for you. Only you know that. And you can make your choice. The first selection or the second selection? Oh, the latter part. And in doing so, I did study drug. Not only did I do study drug, we'll come to find out. After I completed the study drug, the radiation, and the chemo, here I am, 10 years no, in 2018, I was diagnosed with polycystic kidneys. They 16. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In 16, well, I, I was diagnosed with that. Well, come to find out from 16 to 18, I couldn't do a full contrast of my body. 
Das hat mich immer der, ja. Und so in the process of going through that for those two years up to 18, from 16 to 18, uh, I was normal, but I was always on a monitor of my creatinine. Creatinine. Now let me let me explain this about the creatinine. I might sound like a doctor in certain situations, but I didn't did my work on this. But the creatinine is the actual measurement of your kidney function. Again, it's called creatinine. And you can look it up and you need to understand where you need to be. And it's the same as, uh, as a man with prostate cancer or whatever. And mine was a normal creatinine level should be 1.0 or less. In my situation, I was always hovering at 2.0. Do you know what your vitals are? Take control of it. Find out. Get people on your team. I don't remember all my indicators, but I have my wife, my doctor, that I can call on to help me understand and remind me where they are so I can keep in touch. This is something you don't have to do alone. It's your team effort. Robotic surgery. So I, I met with him, and he actually um, said that what we're going to do is remove the whole kidney. I said, well, why you just don't cut half? I do radiation. He said, no, why do that when, when we cut it out, we're not sure we're going to get it all, and we're not sure the radiation going to do it. So that's where we just go ahead and take the whole kidney. So here it is in April. I have... I, go to surgery in the April, and I go through uh, several weeks of training how to do peritoneal dialysis. So here I am doing dialysis now. Come my left kidney was pretty much shot, but nothing was wrong. They just left it in place. And I started chemo. It's hemo. And there's oh, oh yep the peritoneal or per, uh, yeah, private clinical yeah yeah every night like anybody else go to sleep and normal I go to bed and I'm hooked up to a machine at night well that process takes approximately eight hours well again we got the decision and with my urologist and nephrologist we made the decision that and going I work for myself I'm on business and I still can function normally. And my doctor made the decision to put me on that. And what I did when I, I started the treatment, I did the hemo for a week and a half, and they winged me from that, and I started doing the peritoneal. And once I started doing the peritoneal, I, I still have a normal life. Well, as a matter of fact, Thomas, you guys came to Las Vegas, and you were on your own dialysis treatment. I've been on it a year yes. after that we came and visit you right 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 and i remember the boxes coming in and right. make sure all right. that stuff was there and, and in the evenings you you hook up and right. do your thing and here we are two years after that my left kidney got removed now i'm here sitting to, again still on peritoneal with no kidneys and i'm still and here i am today it's 2020 and again as corey mentioned early on Do you have a good 10 years or good, or can you have 20 or 30 years? And I chose the latter part and I said, well, whatever it is, if I can get another 20 years out of this body, if I make it to 80, 
And as long as I got a sound mind and lay down and don't have to get up, I'm fine. <laughs> and the one thing I want to throw in there, we have a friend, and God rest his soul. He had colon cancer. Colon cancer. Now, he wasn't at a, he was, I think, at stage three. So his options after the, uh, they did the, uh, the colon, colon treatment on him, his treatment was to follow up with radiation. He's, he, he chose not to do the radiation. Now, matter of fact, I had to almost time down to insist that I go to the doctor with him. That again, you need somebody in your life. You miss, uh, so, Mr. Stone, so you, all you need is 10 weeks of What choice will you make? What drives your decisions? I know what drives my decisions and my experiences in my life. Use your experiences in your life. Use your relationships. Use your connections to understand what works for you. And be honest with yourself on how you will perform. That, you know, we make decisions. Corey made a decision. My wife made a decision. And I made a decision. We hope that we all make the right decision and the choices that we make when it comes to treatment or saying, no, I don't want the treatment. And again, at the end of the day, it all stems back to get a second. If you ain't comfortable with the second opinion, get a third opinion. And in addition to the opinion, back to what Corey um, initially shared is, you've got to do something. So it's not a matter of, oh, I find out, or the, the avoidance of not going because you know you have something going on. It is, you've got to do something. You've got to act. So whether it, whatever that choice is, you have to know who you are and what you're actually, one, willing to do, capable of doing, financially able to do, but you must do something, especially depending on the stage. So I think um, I appreciate Corey for having us and share a little bit of um, our story and who we are. Maybe we'll get to come back and we'll be in a different place because Thomas didn't get to the end of his that he actually is um, has been asked to say, let's consider you for a um, transplant and for those of you that don't know kidney transplant it is adding in his case getting a kidney but in other kidney transplant cases just I want to make this point you're actually keeping your kidneys and putting another kidney into your abdominal cavity on top of the kidney I'm sharing that because today it's still an aha for me and if you didn't know that I didn't know that but Going through the process, there is a series of things that you must be, you have to have a complete workup to determine if you're a candidate to be on the list. And then getting on the list still doesn't mean that you get a kidney that matches your blood type. You must do something and you must be responsible for um, yourself. Um, it affects you, it affects your family, it affects a lot of people and we don't realize that. And then... The other point that I, I wanted to jump in when Corey was talking about how he was how he was responding to Thomas and I had to quit. I after I was diagnosed, I did therapy. I did six months of therapy It was probably one of the best things that I'd have ever done in my life because good or bad, you get to know yourself and then you know what you're going to do, what you're not going to do, the strengths, the weaknesses and don't judge people based on how they respond or do not respond. Let them be. Accept them. Receive them when they are there. And if they're not there, doesn't mean they don't care. 
thank you for allowing us to share our personal selves with you um, and with um, your guest. And hopefully we can come back again. Most definitely. You know, you guys are always welcome. And I'm going to be drawn, you know, from you guys. You know, life has never been so precious to me as it has this last hundred days. You guys are at top of the list of knowing that I can get through this. And, you know, what you guys have helped me through in my life. And I just want to thank you guys. <laughs> can I say one more thing? Sure. Please get your checkups. Get them regularly. We've lost a lot of good friends from things that we say, hey, when last time you've been to the doctor? And if your friends don't want to go to the doctor, go with them. Tell them you'll go with them. But I think we should all get our checkup. But for those people that are in our lives, you know, it's good to have a, a rock. You know, he has his little sister. As a matter of fact, you know, when I met Kim, I, I called Thomas and Thomas, man, got me a little sister, man, you know, because he always called her little sister. And to, to, to hang out with them and be around them to see how they operate. And I'm going I'm to tell, you know, when I went to let them in the building, you know, today, because I had to go down to meet them because of COVID, they... I won't say arguing, but they're discussing certain things that was just transpiring. And, you know, and it, I'm just being quiet because that's just them. You know, I'm letting them have their conversation. And, and what we realize that cer certain relationships, certain relationships, it's really the form of communication. And we can look at it from the outside and think it's something other than their love for one another. Know your language. Get your corner as you go out in this fight. You may get knocked down and have a standing head count, but you know when you go to your corner, you got your people there giving you their advice, telling you it's okay, not allowing the white towel to be thrown in. Keep fighting. Get your team. So, honey. It's all good. So, Kim, I do love you, honey. <laughs> And then we keep it moving. Do we keep and it moving? We keep just it moving. keep it, keep no, on going. Yeah, we don't. We, there's nothing we, to hold and, on to. And our, and our house is our, our policy is. What's your policy? You determine your own policy as it works to give you the strength. Okay. Thomas, I want to thank you guys for being on the show. Uh, let the audience know how they can get in touch with you and what what you're doing with your life now. Thank you, Corey, for having me on the show. My name is Thomas Wilkins again, and my number is 44-694-0015. I have a transportation company for those who are interested or are in the Atlanta area. You can always give me a call, and we can accommodate all your transportation needs. Thank you. Thomas, I want to thank you guys again and look forward to talking to you. As more than you may ever imagine, uh, the strength that I'm that allowing me to make this decision, a lot of it is based upon you guys. And I just want to say thank you for uh, being in my life. And it's just me and you, babe. Yep. Just me. And I love you. Love you back. Love, love you, you both. You and Kim. Right. Together. You. Thank you. Yes. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Moody's Mixer. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
I look forward to hearing from you, telling us about your story. Build your team. Know who's in your corner. Please review the show notes. Also, look at the videos. Go and visit us at our website at Moody at podbean.com. So please give us your comments. Subscribe to us on podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify. You can reach me at Corey M at Moody Bennett CPA. I want to thank you and enjoy your week.